Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today we are blessed to have a special guest, a crucial person in the Obamagate scandal you may not know of. Her name is Svetlana Lakova, and she has quite a story to tell. In short, those in the Obama administration who were smearing President Trump and General Flynn also smeared her to further their schemes. So welcome, Svetlana. It's really great to have you on the, on the show today. Thank you very much, Doug. Such a pleasure to be with you today. Great, great. So we've been following this for a long time, and uh, I think the best place to start probably is for you to get our audience up to speed on your background, what you were doing, and then how that led kind of to this place of this dinner and what kind of kicked the whole thing off. So kind of get us up to speed to that point. So I'm a historian, uh, just a historian. Um, I um, specialize in um, events that, you know, happened sort of 100 years ago, which is uh, Soviet history. And my particular field of expertise is intelligence history. So uh, uh, history of security services. And um, I was at Cambridge University in England, which is one of the top universities in the world. And because of that, we're blessed to have some amazing visitors. Uh, so General Flynn, in 2014, uh, when he working, was working for President Obama um, as uh, his director of Defense Intelligence Agency, uh, came to visit Cambridge University. So he was, you know, somebody really, you know, amazing um, as as a visitor. But it, he was also it was it was quite usual for us to to get visitors like that from abroad and home. And for example, you know, a year later, we also welcomed his successor, General McStewart. Uh, so that was kind of, you know, almost sort of run of the mill thing. And the dinner was great. Um, uh, the dinner was something which, so, so General Flynn gave a presentation uh, about the capabilities of the US Defense Intelligence Agency, uh, which was very well received to Cambridge University people. And then after dinner, uh, sorry, after the presentation, there was a dinner to honor General Flynn, and if you, you know, well, they call us, you know, talented researchers were invited, and I was among among them. And um, the dinner was, you know, eventful in the sense that we had this amazing guest, uh, and everyone was very excited. And then it was over, and that was it. And that's 2014. And then we never really, you know, I returned back to my regular academic life. I was uh, writing a book. Uh, I uh, was finishing my PhD. I also started a family. So I was, you know, leading a life which was very interesting for me, but boring for everyone else. Uh, well, uh, you do really uh, in-depth research and, you know, your credentials are incredible. And uh, go, you, you work at a great place. And so that got you into the meeting. Before we jump too far ahead, so you were just, like you said, going on with your life, but let's go back real quick and, and get us up to speed on uh, Stefan Halper and what the deal right. is with this guy. Well, right. So, you know, we, we have a lot of uh, various people around Cambridge University uh, from various countries. So Stefan Halper was from America, from the United States, and he was a professor. Uh, he was a professor specializing in American politics, and I had very little to do with him other than he, um, we had this weekly intelligence seminar, uh, which was for researchers specializing in intelligence studies, and he was one of the co-conveners of that. So periodically, we would end up in the same room, but we never really had anything to do with each other. 
And he was in his 70s, um, you know, this American guy. And, you know, other than he periodically was in the same seminar as me, that's the extent of my um, dealings with him. Um, And then to my shock and horror in 2018, uh, he ended up in the newspapers as a spy on the Trump campaign. So it transpired that when he was at Cambridge University, that was actually his cover. Uh, so, in fact, he was spying um, at least for the FBI, uh, possibly also for the CIA, and he was a paid informer, uh, but also he had some dealings with American um, uh, uh, Department of Defense, uh, you know, uh, Office of Net Assessment, which is a very obscure office uh, that managed to pay him nearly a million dollars. Uh, around the crucial Spygate gates. Um, and he's also connected as it transpired to, to say, so for us in Cambridge, it was a huge shock because nothing interesting ever happens in Cambridge. And suddenly <laughs> this guy who was this, you know, retired American guy suddenly ends up to be this crucial Spygate figure. How about it? So here we are then. So that, that gets up to speed on him. So we talked about the dinner and then life was going on normally. And then we get to early 2017. So what was it like then when all of a sudden everything blows up? You got all these journalists. Just talk us through what your life suddenly it took a hard right turn there. Uh, what was that like? Well, it was just very strange. So it, it all sort of started without me realizing anything of it. Again, remember that, you know, Cambridge is, you know, one of the most boring places on earth in the sense that, you know, we enjoy our academic research, but people research, I don't know, medieval history or in my case, you know, events from 100 years ago. So um, nothing ever happens. Then we had this kind of strange story where Stefan Halper, so this professor, ended up in newspapers on the top page in the UK um, in December 2016. Um, he claimed that he resigned from our Cambridge seminar because apparently he was penetrated by Putin's agent, by Putin's intelligence agent. And honestly, we all just laughed and we thought either like the press sort of misinterpreted it or the guy frankly went senile because clearly our seminar looking at um, you know, such interesting events as, you know, uh, spies under Queen Elizabeth uh, the first, or, you know, the Mali emergency, or in my case, you know, Russian Revolution. Clearly, that wasn't, you know, something which would be penetrated by Putin's spies. Uh, so we sort of dismissed that story as sort of some media hype. Um, and then um, I received the call around the time, and I was nine months pregnant at the time. I received the call from a top journalist at uh, the Times newspaper in London um, saying that I was actually the spy. Um, and again, I know it's very difficult for people to probably appreciate now because we now all got used to the word Spygate, including that's obviously part of the title of my book. But at the time, there just wasn't like nobody was believing in this Putin spies, like colluding with, with, with anyone or anything like that. So that was just such, such a shocking accusation. So I immediately dismissed it and said that obviously I'm not a Putin spy. Um, I lived in England since I immigrated there when I was 18. I'm a British citizen. I'm a serious academic. And the article never got published. So that was that. I forgot all about that. The next thing that happened, so this was December 2016. The next thing that happened is February 2017. I'd just given birth uh, in the end of January to my firstborn. 
and I had a book deadline uh, for my first, uh, you know, big book. Um, and so I was working really, really hard dealing with a newborn, you know, including, you know, getting used to, you know, yeah. how you actually yeah. live uh, your life mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with a young one and also having this this pressure work and then suddenly i started receiving emails from united states i'm in london in a different time zone i started getting this email from united states one after another so i get emails from washington post new york times uh wall street journal and they all this is february 2017 they all ask me about a relationship with general flynn and I have no idea what it's about because um, I met General Flynn literally three years to the date. So I met him in February 2007, uh, so February 2014 once. And three years later, um, you know, I forgot all about it. And then three years later, February 17, uh, they all suddenly in touch with me asking about a relationship with him. So I'm sort of there with a the baby. I'm getting all these emails from from US. I have no clue what's that about. Um, so, but then what happens is I emailed my professor, uh, Christopher Andrew, who's my university professor at Cambridge, and I say, do you know what's going on? Because we had that scandal in December with apparently Russian spies penetrating Cambridge, which he told me just to ignore. Now we have this. Have you heard anything? Like, what's the story about? Like, why is this press getting excited about that? And he tells me, oh, I can't discuss it with you because I'm so upset, but call this other person, this other professor, he will tell you what's going on. So I call him up and he said he received the calls from United uh, States, you know, from, from the media accusing me of having an affair with General Flynn. And I, I turned to my husband and <laughs> pretty much holding the baby and I say, I don't know what's going on. He doesn't know what's going on. The next thing that happens is my same professor, Christopher Andrew, sends me an email saying that I should meet his friend, um, a man called David Ignatius from Washington Post, because David Ignatius came to England and he wants to meet me to discuss my relationship with Jenna Flynn. And again, I have no idea why Washington Post journalist would want to meet me. Uh, why he would want to discuss a relationship with the uh, person I met once at the work dinner. So obviously I deny it, but of course, remember that I know David Ignatius was the one who published the leaked tapes of General Flynn's conversation with Ambassador Kislak, which ended up um, with General Flynn having to resign. Um, so the same person, the same journalist from Washington Post, just a few weeks later, then gets on the airplane from Washington all the way to England to meet me, some like random person in England who is completely unimportant. So then I was like, okay, that's just like really, really strange. Um, so anyway, so then the next thing that happens is the UK press picks up on that. Um, story and I have all sorts of horrible headlines about me basically implying that I'm a honeypot, uh, that I've been somebody who Putin sent uh, to seduce uh, General Flynn on behalf of Russian intelligence and the whole thing goes viral so social media erupts because I'm in every single you know UK as well as US publication as this person is this bad person working for Putin seducing US generals um, so then um, I'm forced to take legal action so just with a baby who's a couple months old with a new book coming out um, trying to teach students whilst actually also fighting this 
and some new newspapers sort of retracted it uh, too late. Um, and um, then I started receiving death threats, um, you know, because obviously I, I you know, I, I got some really nasty messages and, and then mail started being sent to my home. So I had to get police involved and we had to move a few times. So the whole thing just became an absolute utter nightmare. So that's in 2017, but we still didn't know what was going on. So we were just, you know, dealing with legal action, dealing with, you know, escaping from this madness. Okay. And okay. then in 2018, it transpired that the person who was the source for these fake stories about me, which ended up completely blowing up my life, was Stefan Halper, who was this Cambridge professor, but actually was a spy for FBI and possibly FDA. And so it's so hard to, as you're replaying it now in your own mind, it's so hard to know when you're basically part of a coup and they're just cooking all this stuff up and you're part of it and you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And now we can all, we can piece it back together. But I remember back when this all started, we, we were on it, uh, Dan Curry on our staff, he was all over it. Uh, and, you know, I'm not saying we knew 100%, but we knew something was up. But then the people like you that get swept up in it, it's just a horrible, horrible thing. And you start to, it starts to dawn on you what's happening, but now you can look back and see it uh, much more clearly. So when all this was happening and this Ignatius guy, and, you know, that's the big circle of the media to the uh, back to the intelligence community, back out to the media, and they just gin this whole thing up. So when this was going on, how did how how were you feeling about uh, the lack of outrage amongst the rest of the press back here, uh, you know, in the U.S. at the time? Was that something that uh, that struck? Like you were thinking, any any minute now, people are going to get onto this and realize this is just foolish, and these guys are are uh, there's nothing here. Well, that, that was so bizarre about it. So before I knew that there was part of an operation, part of the coup, remember, because that only became known in 18, right? So in 2017, when I was fleeing um, the threats, uh, when my um, you know picture was plastered all over the newspapers, um, um, I thought it's just some kind of misunderstanding. Um, I thought maybe like the media somehow got the wrong of the stick and there's some kind of hysteria. And if only I like talk to them and tell them this is not true, they will just somehow, because they're reputable newspapers. At the, I mean, I know now it's kind of, I sound silly for saying that, but you know, when you think like before, like New York Times or Washington Post, you know, they are newspapers of record. Um, as somebody who, you know, immigrated from Soviet Union or Russia in, you know, into, you know, in, into England and into West, Western democracy, I felt that, you know, US media, especially reputable newspapers like that, they're not like some kind of, you know, uh, propaganda outlets. They are genuinely, you know, genuine investigators. They're, they're, they're newspapers of record. They're respectable. So it couldn't occur to me that they were part of this, of this conspiracy, part of this plot. So I thought if only I talk to them, if I just tell them my story, sure. then they will somehow, um, you know, either retract or not publish. So for instance, I was accused of leaving dinner with General Flynn. So my husband says, well, that's just not true because I picked her up. You know, I picked sure. her up from the dinner. She didn't do with any General Flynn. And they just ignore that. They say, for example, I sat at the dinner next to General Flynn. It's even little details, right? And I said, look, this all these pictures. Here's General Flynn. I'm nowhere near him. They just don't care. So it's no matter what I said, no matter what I told them how many times, then other people who were at the dinner, they wrote in. 
they said none of this is true. It didn't matter to them. And that's when I began to understand that they're part of the conspiracy, that the media, the Washington Post, the New York Times, and I never thought I would say those words, right? But then I began to realize they're part of it. They're part of the plan. Because um, no amount, like, how can you publish, for example, New York Times said that I compromised General Flynn on behalf of Russian intelligence? They have absolutely no evidence. In fact, they have the the opposite evidence, which is everyone who was at dinner said nothing happened. And obviously, I don't work for Russian intelligence. I'm a British academic. So the whole thing is false on its face. Then, of course, when it transpired that Stefan Halper, who is the source for all these newspapers, he's a serial liar. He uh, is involved in so many scandals. And we now had the release of the FBI report, uh, which said that he claimed that he witnessed me. He was there at the dinner, he says, and he witnessed me leaving the dinner with Jennifer Flynn. And he also was suspicious about me and my connections with Russian government. Now, A, I don't have any connections with Russian government, and B, I didn't leave dinner with Jennifer Flynn, and Halper wasn't even at the dinner. Right. So he actually lost the FBI. Right. And the journalists know that he wasn't at the dinner, and they've spoken to people who were at the dinner, so they know the whole story is not true. But it wasn't. It didn't matter to them. They're basically propagandists, so they got ordered to write and publish that story, and the truth didn't matter. So just to answer your original question is how do I feel about the lack of media outrage about that? Well, now, unfortunately, I know that the media are part of the problem. And the reason why um, American people don't know the full story is because it's been suppressed. And it's only, um, you know, some people uh, who want to tell the truth, like you, that somehow the story is getting through. But otherwise, the story is completely suppressed. So when they were pushing all the lies out, I was in every single newspaper. But the moment I came out and said, no, that's not true, they just completely suppressed the story. Yeah, it's really yeah. disgusting. And we talk about this every week. We had Lee Smith on. We were talking about the death of journalism, the death of the truth. It's a huge part of what we try to do around here is get the truth out. Again, that's why we were having you on. And, and you know, you think about the truth, too, from an investigation standpoint, from a chronology of this whole thing. There was FBI involvement in, in even what Halper said. But that all they looked at it and like there's nothing here. You know, that, that's all been looked at. And then it really started to blow up then once Flynn had the interview and then they took another shot at it and they thought they could get him that way. But, you know, to your point, it's a really sad day in our country, too, because the media is they've chosen a side now and and you got swept up in it because they're just trying to ruin Trump. And they're, they found you and thought, oh, this is, you know, I don't know exactly what happened, but it looks like the Stefan Halper guy said, hey, well, there was this dinner and maybe we could do this thing. And they just started running with it. And then obviously it got debunked. But then shortly after it got debunked inside the FBI, it all it all came up again once Flynn did the interview with them. And, and you know, I, it is just it's a horrible day in our country to watch this happen. And especially for somebody like you, you got a great reputation. You got a great job doing great work. I mean, what's that like for you now, too? Um, you know, I, I, I personally just feel bad for you that you got swept up in this. But what's it like? What's it like reputation wise and your job? And you said you had to move a couple of times. What, what's that been like? Well, so just just to, on, to your point that the FBI looked into that and they knew the whole story was completely rubbish. But then remember that there was this text message with Peter Stroke where the seventh floor 
Right. I.e. the superiors of Peter Strzok wanted the investigation into General Flynn to continue. So they recycled that information to continue. And in fact, there was a, a release just literally last week, which again, unfortunately, is not reported in the media, where Judicial Watch sued for, continued to sue for Peter Strzok um, um, emails with his lover, the FBI, uh, Lisa Page. And there's some additional emails which literally were released last week. And within those emails, the article is attached about me and General Flynn, and this literally came out last week. And and the agent, whose name we don't know because it's redacted, sends this article about me, a fake article about me and General Flynn, to which Halper, the confidential source for the FBI, is the source. And the, he puts on the top of the article, um, this is getting too deep. And uh, Peter Stroke repl- and and he, he says to, to Peter Stroke, this, "Have you been monitoring this? This is getting too deep." And Peter Stroke replies with "WTF." I'm not going to say that word on yeah, air, right, but right. that's what yeah. he wrote, WTF. Yeah. And he forwards it to Lisa Page, and she says, not great. And this is in April 2017. So although the whole story was debunked, but they knowingly allowed it to yeah. play out in the media. And then they sort of got scared because at this stage, this is after the election, and they're clearly worried about what's going to happen to them now, right? Because right. they're part of it somehow. Right. Um, and and so just going back... and and. Uh, going back to how it affects a regular person, because remember, I'm not political, I'm not even American, I'm British, but they don't actually care who they hurt. In my case, they didn't, they didn't, like, I'm not a person to them, right? I'm not human to them. Uh, the fact that I'm a mom, the fact that I have a job at university teaching students, the fact that I'm an author, the fact that I worked so hard since immigrating to England, you know, is an amazing story to make my way through the education system, to build a career. None of that mattered to them. Because I don't matter to them, right? You don't matter to them. Nobody matters to them. They have this one goal, as you say, which is to get General, uh, sorry, to get uh, uh, President Trump. And in order to get him, they knew that General Flynn was his main at the time. He was his right hand man. He helped him to win the election. Uh, He was advising him. They knew. So they knew that in order to decapitate, uh, the Trump, you know, campaign and later administration, they had to get rid of Flynn. That's, you know, they actually said that we, we have evidence of that, right? So how did they want to get Flynn? Well, they found the fact that he once met a woman who was born in Moscow, like, what is it? It's uh, three years ago when, when they, they made all the allegations and they just run with it. They don't care what's going to happen to that woman. They don't care for, for that matter what's going to happen to General Flynn, to his family. Uh, with accusations of extramarital affairs to my family, you know, in my case, I had my, um, you know, mother-in-law who was in her late eighties, living in a little village in England, you know, calling up, you know, saying, "Is this true?" Right? Because her neighbors would bring this newspaper articles. So instead of dealing with congratulations on the birth of my first child, I had to deal with denying that I'm a Putin spy. So I mean, the whole thing is outrageous. It was a lie, everyone you know, who did this knew that was a lie, but they didn't, they, it didn't matter to them. Um, so from my perspective, obviously, I lost my position at Cambridge University, um, tried to apply for other academic jobs, was rejected, you know, they never really give you the excuse, but basically nobody wants to be associated with scandal. So even if they don't believe it, then 
still no, nobody wants that, right? Nobody wants this toxic story attached uh, to, to, to their university. So at the moment, I'm just, um, you know, trying to figure out what to do next. Um, I obviously wrote, you know, the book that yeah, um, I yeah, exposed. Thank you. And just telling the story, but also using my, you know, using my academic expertise and my research expertise to, you know, put together the whole picture of the coup. And now I'm just trying to basically, you know, pick up the pieces. And, you know, what can I say? I'm trying to be, you know, I'm, you know, just trying to soldier on, so to speak. But, you know, it changes you. You know, your life can never be the same. And obviously I feel horrible that I failed to protect my family because, you know, that means that, you know, I've created this life where, you know, by working hard that my kid could grow up in a stable environment and then I had to move around and I have to fight back and I'm, you know, also have, you know, all this lawsuits going um, and I don't want any of that but unfortunately that's the position I was put in so now I'm just going to fight uh, for as long as I can until the truth comes out and yeah. that's yeah. that's the only thing open to me that's right that's right the truth matters did you ever get interviewed by the Mueller team did they ever talk to you not one yeah, that's pretty telling right there too yeah. And in fact, so then Chairman uh, Nunes, I, I, I don't know whether he was already, basically Congressman Nunes, yeah, I think he was, yeah, he uh, asked Mueller directly, have you interviewed Svetlana Lukova? Uh, Mueller refused to uh, uh, answer. He said, well, I understand you didn't interview her. And remember, they had, um, you know, 500, over 500 witnesses. Um, and there's this accusation. So remember that because of what Halper said about me seducing General Flynn on behalf of Russian intelligence, that's, that was the predicate for the FBI to start an investigation into Trump's national security advisor. Yeah. So it's a big deal, right? Like the yeah. guy still was keeping his, uh, um, you know, he had the highest security clearance in the country. So if, if Mueller or anyone for a second believed in that story, right, of course, I would have been interviewed or more and of course so would he be right but they didn't believe it i mean the, the horror of it is that they allowed all of this media um leaks to happen the fake media stories to happen and completely destroyed uh me but of course jenna flynn and an attempt to destroy trump uh, and link him to russia in the media but behind the scenes they didn't care they didn't bother investigating it because they knew there was nothing to investigate because they knew it was all lies how about it oh. It's terrible stuff. Do you feel like there's going to be justice one day? Because we're all certain hoping there is going to be, but I want to get your take on it. How are you feeling about that? Look, you know, I'm a believer in general, and it's a, it's a difficult question because I hope there will be. I, be, I, believe, I believe there should be. Um, I also have been fighting this, what, three and a half years now? Um, and, you know, so far they've been protecting these people, like, for example, when it comes to this man Halper, who is this FBI informer who lied about Jane Flynn. And you remember, it wasn't just Jane Flynn, you know, he went after every person in the Trump campaign pretty much. Um, and he was paid nearly a million dollars to do so. They're still protecting him. Like, for example, in the Inspector General report, um, his name, you know, is not given. He's referred to as Source 2. So my name is all over newspapers in my photograph, so is General Flynn's, uh, but this man who lied um, and fabricated information about um, Trump's national security advisor, his name is protected. 
Um, so he's completely protected. The same happens to many other of those people, right? And so, so far, I mean, and I, I know that there's been a lot of excuses so far because initially we had the Mueller investigation. Uh, then obviously they had to, the, you know, the previous attorney general obviously wasn't up to the task, so he was replaced. I'm hoping that now that attorney general Barr, I mean, he seems very serious. Uh, he did say that um that 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 people deserve to know what happened in 2016 and 2017 because there's been so many fake narratives uh so he says that surely there will be something where people will be told the truth well you know let's hope that happens and also he says that if if there's proof that there, if there's been any you know criminality beyond reasonable doubt meaning that you know will pass grand juries um uh and you know the juries would, would would potentially, you know, find people guilty. Then they would go with it, with indictment of those who, you know, broke the law. Um, so that, that's what Attorney General Barr said. But of course, um, you've also seen that, you know, there have been calls for his impeachment because clearly there's a lot of fear of what he, he might find. Right, he's getting um, closer. And 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 obviously, presumably, uh, the Democrats win the election given their involvement in this whole thing. Um, presumably that won't continue past election. So my answer is I believe that in justice, I believe in American justice, and that's that's all I can say. Let's hope. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, how's it going with the book? We're going to put the graphic up here with the book. Great book. Uh, and when did it come out? What's what are you are you uh, just how's it? Are you on a tour with that or what's going on there? Well, so initially the book was supposed to, I had a publisher uh, and it was supposed to come out in August then because the book was so popular and we had so many pre-orders, it became like a bad, uh, sorry, it became like a bestseller within its category on Amazon. So we pushed the book uh, forward for release, but unfortunately, because Halper uh, wrote into the publishers and threatened them with legal action, denying that he was a spy, for example, which of course now it of course, been proven that he was, mm -hmm. etc. The publishers couldn't proceed, didn't want to proceed. Uh, so they dropped the book, they canceled the book last minute. So it was literally on Amazon and people ordered it. And then obviously they got refunded because the book got canceled. Um, and it's kind of interesting because the, the, the Simon and Schuster, who were the ones who uh, were distributing the book, uh, at, at the same time are publishing books by people like Bolton and others, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not afraid of litigation when it suits them. But in my case, apparently they were. Anyhow, so I didn't know what to do initially. It was another, you know, blow for me um, because, um, you know, I invested a lot of my time and uh, research and energy into this book. Uh, so I then decided, well, they're not going to stop me, right? Because they haven't stopped me in three and a half years. I'm not going to stop now. So I then went and self-published. Uh, so what I did is I uh, self-published both electronic book and now also, um, you know, the the paperback version. Um, mm -hmm. Not very good with the camera. Sure. And so now you can just go on my website called spygate-exposed.com and you can buy the ebook or the or the, 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 the uh, printed copy of the book. And it's very exciting because actually, so obviously, of course, when you have a big publisher, um, you know, behind you uh, with Amazon involved, etc., it would have been probably, you know, better for sales, perhaps. But the great thing about doing it myself is I have this great connection with my readers, right? Because people can write in. 
directly to me. And so the messages that I've been receiving uh, of support and and just you know people expressing their opinions that's been an amazing experience. And you know I have to say, although you know American intelligence community and the politicians from you know the previous administration you know they treated me really really badly, but regular American people have been so kind to me. And so supportive, and 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 that makes me also believe that that you know, eventually that you know the justice and truth will pre prevail. Yeah, well, hopefully yeah, all well, those regular American people are going to vote for a second Trump administration, and we'll really get to the bottom of this. So uh, we're going to do everything we can to promote your book. We've got copies around here already, uh, and uh, you know, I just like I said, I feel terrible for you that you got swept up in this, and at the at the least, all of us conservatives, the folks that are interested in truth. We should be buying your book and, and telling our friends and uh, and we got to get the truth out because the truth is really what matters going forward here. Because if we lose that, which we've been losing over the last couple of years, we're in big, big trouble. So thanks for coming on. It's really great to have you as a guest today. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for all the hard work you're doing. I know it's not easy, but uh, you have to keep going. Thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get you back on, especially we get to a place where uh, you get exonerated. We want to talk about that, too. So we'll. We'll stay in touch and, and we'll move forward. So thanks, Vilana. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good All right. All right. Good. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget, working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash first right or text first right to 1-312-820-9167.